I'm John Walker, author of the Stafford Chronicles, and you're listening to The Melting Podcast. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey, Lexiconosaurs and Word Chefs, welcome to episode 80 of The Melting Podcast. I am your grill mistress, Erin Kazmark. I'm your head chef, AF Grapp, and holy crap, 80. Haven't we been saying holy crap about the number a lot lately? Yes, but they keep getting bigger. That's what happens when time passes. Each one's it's, bigger it's than It's like the every last. birthday. Oh. What level are you now? I'm level 34. Not for long. I know. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, podcast birthday's coming up. Birthday, 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 birthday. Because it's the same as my birthday. Birthday, 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 bash. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's the thing that's going to be happening. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, 80 episodes. So you realize what the episode's number being 80 means, right? That it's an even number? Well, it is. Just that we've actually had 80 plus episodes worth of content. That's pretty insane, especially considering the content is sent in to us. We're not creating it ourselves. Yeah. So people pe- have sent us enough stuff for 80 episodes. Yeah. And we've got more planned. <laughs> Holy cow. That doesn't mean we don't still need stuff, though. Yeah. But more we'll, to come on that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. As of right now, the stuff. <laughs> Back to you. Anyway, the stuff that was sent to us for this episode. Is awesome. Yes. We've got a main ingredient story from a podcast favorite, Doc Coleman. Yeah. With characters that we've uh, actually had stories on before. Yes. Because we've done, uh, we had The Blessing of the Cheese <laughs> that was uh, written for one of our prompts in the Crackle and Bang universe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another adventure from the, the files of Crackle and Bang. Yes. This was not written for any of our prompts. No. Um, but That it, does not decrease its awesomeness, No, this, this, this story is really great. So hope you enjoy Before Breakfast. Bon appetit. Before Breakfast by Doc Coleman Pull! Cold winds bit into me, despite the thick leather coat I wore, as I watched the dark disc rise in a majestic arc over the metal plains of the Argos, I grunted softly as I lifted the shotgun to my shoulder and sighted along the barrel at the dwindling clay pigeon. I let out my breath slowly as my finger tightened on the trigger, feeling the tension in the mechanism. Choosing my moment, I squeezed the trigger gently, the weapon booming and kicking back against my shoulder. I took the shock and continued to watch the clay pigeon as it sailed out of sight over the edge of the ship. Damn, I grumbled. I'm not sure I would have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, my lord. Miss Bang shook her head as she gingerly took the shotgun from my hands. I expected you to at least hit one of the pigeons. You're bloody awful! Added Tinker as she loaded another disc into the apparatus that launched the clay pigeon to its doom thousands of feet below us. I can't believe you missed a whole dozen! You're a flippin' menace with a gun! She squatted next to a spring-loaded trap mounted to the hole. 
A part of me wanted to argue with the four-armed engineer, if only to salve my pride. Unfortunately, the rest of me feared that she was right. Now, Tinker, Miss Bang admonished, the shotgun simply isn't Sir Richard's weapon. I nodded my head in appreciation of Miss Bang's explanation, but Tinker wasn't quite done with me yet. Are you daft, Tanya? I've seen them what has never held a gun afore pop off two or three with a shotgun. He missed twelve. You don't get much worse than that. She pointed at me with her upper left hand to punctuate her point. But he hasn't hit either of us or the ship, so he isn't exactly a menace. So kind of you, Miss Bang. Perhaps we should call an end to the experiment? I suggested, clinging to the little scraps of my dignity. Instead of answering, Miss Bang gracefully bent and stowed the shotgun in the case at her feet. I looked past her toward the bow of the Argos. Past the gently curving slope of the airship's hull, I could see row after row of clouds, but as yet no trace of the desert lands we were passing over. While the sands below were burning hot, at the altitude the Argos flew, the winds were still cold and biting. For that matter, the clouds were still few and far between, but at the angle we were seeing them, they appeared to be stacked upon each other. Of course, from our position on top of the ship, we couldn't really see down to the desert without moving dangerously close to the edge. But while the lounges and balconies available below decks provided a better vantage point to the lands below, they weren't ideal for Miss Bang's firearms experiment. She stood up again, pulling a rifle out of a second case. I think it is time to move on to the second stage, my lord. I took the weapon from her with a sigh and loaded cartridges into the ammunition port on the side. Isn't it harder to hit skeet with a rifle? I asked as I pushed rounds into the weapon. I'm not really sure what you're expecting to discover with this experiment, Miss Bang. I won't say it is impossible, as I have known a number of marksmen who are capable of it. But I have a suspicion that the normal rules may not apply to you, Sir Richard. You did display an uncanny ability with a pistol back in Prague, despite the fact that you'd never fired one before. These trials are merely to determine your level of skill with firearms, and determine if you have a general or specific talent in their use. Or if it was just a case of beginner's luck? That is one possibility, my lord. <laughs> Tinker snorted in response to Miss Bang's comment. I hefted the rifle. Then I guess we had best get this over with. Miss Bang nodded approvingly. Tinka, pull. I fared better with the rifle. I managed to clip the pigeons three times out of a dozen, which honestly surprised me given how poorly I had fared with the shotgun. I had used a rifle before for hunting, though not often. Yet this time it felt... different. It felt wrong. The gun was too big, too bulky somehow. It seemed like I was throwing around a cannon. Miss Bang took the rifle back and handed me a holstered pistol. I stripped the holster from the gun and tucked it into one of my pockets. The gun was a twenty-two caliber revolver, ideal for target shooting. I loaded the gun and pointed it to the deck away from my companions. You realize that the odds are that I'm going to miss every shot with this thing. A pistol doesn't have nearly the range of a rifle or a shotgun. It just isn't that accurate over that distance. 
Yes, my lord, but I still believe it is worth trying. Regardless of the outcome, we may still learn something useful from the attempt. I raised the pistol. Very well. Miss Bang gave the command, and Tinka let the pigeon fly. The pistol leapt forward, but seemed off balance in my hand. I fired without thinking, without even trying to aim, and saw the skeet change direction slightly. I dropped my weapon to a neutral position. Did I hit it? I'm not sure, my lord, Miss Bang said. Something happened, but it could have been a fault in the skeet. Shall we try again? Tinkle launched the next skeet, which flew apart as my pistol let out a satisfying crack. Something still seemed off, but I was beginning to compensate for it. I don't believe it, Tinkle whispered. Well done, my lord, Miss Bang called over the wind. Thank you. Something still feels off balance, though, but I think I'm getting the hang of it. Really? Can I make a suggestion? In Prague, you drew your gun and fired without thinking. Everything else you did went from there. Perhaps we need to recreate that situation. Try putting on the holster and drawing from it when Tinka launches the skeet. Tinka, another pigeon, please. I returned the pistol to the holster and attached it to my belt as Tinka deftly recocked the launcher and loaded a new skeet. Her extra pair of arms made her extremely efficient at the task. I made considerably less progress, as the cold wind cut into me as I had to open my coat and jacket to secure the holster to my belt. The temperature had already made my fingers a little stiff and clumsy. After a few minutes of fumbling, I had the holster attached and tied down to my leg. I shook my hands out to try and force the blood back into them. Pull! cried Miss Bang. Surprised, I reached for my gun as Tinka launched the skeet into the air. I watched the spinning clay disc as my hand snaked under my coat and withdrew the revolver held gently in my fingers. The gun felt light in my grasp. It fairly floated up in front of me as my eyes followed the pigeon. The pistol barked and then dropped as fragments of clay scattered into the air. My hand snaked back up under my coat and stopped as the gun slid firmly back into its holster. For several seconds, the only sound was that of the wind across the body of the Argos. Tinka broke that silence. Bloody hell! Tinka, language! She was unfazed at Miss Bang's rebuke. Did you see that? Even with the bloody coat, the gun practically jumped into his hand. It was like he didn't have any bones. And he hit it! She turned to me. You hit it like it was just sitting there. I know. It just felt right. I shrugged. It would seem that the pistol is very much your weapon, my lord. Tinka scrambled to reload the trap. Do it again! Without waiting, she launched the freshly loaded pigeon. The revolver slid effortlessly out of the holster and flickered upward with another report. The target exploded into fragments. Yes! Tinka crowed. You do seem to have a natural talent with handguns, Sir Richard. Do you think you could try to hit the pigeon more than once? Her head tilted to one side as she waited for my answer. I don't see how that is possible. Won't the pigeon shatter from the first hit? 
How can I hit it again? She pulled the edges of her fur coat tighter around her. I was thinking about your first shot. If you didn't miss, but instead clipped the edge of the clay pigeon, that would make it change direction without shattering. Part of it would break off, naturally, but there ought to be a larger portion that you could aim at for a second shot. That sounds like an impossible task, I said. But I seem to be using that word a lot, and we already seem to be in that territory. So I guess I might as well try. Tinker reset the trap as I reloaded the revolver, pocketing the spent brass and picking out the loaded cartridge. Fortunately, she waited for me before launching the skeet again. I opened my coat and pushed the right side of the fleece-lined leather back to clear the holster. Very well. Pull. The pigeon leapt from the trap and my arm lashed out. The gun barked and the skeet jumped in the air, shooting off in a new direction. My arm twitched again with another retort, and the skeet split again. A third retort sounded, but the pigeon had already broken apart and the shot missed. Tinker let out a prolonged howl, her arms raised in the air above her head. Miss Banks stood with a shocked look on her face. I couldn't believe it myself. Well, Miss Banks said at last, I believe we have achieved our quota of impossible things for the morning. Shall we go down to breakfast? Not yet, Miss Bang, I said, holding out a hand. Tinker, please load the trap. I want to try that again. She loaded the trap with a fresh clay pigeon, then looked up at me with a grin. Pull. The final clay disc spun out over the metal plates of the Argos. The world seemed to come to a crawl. I could see the faint wobble as the uneven pigeon sped away from me. The wind quieted and seemed to slow as if it had been removed to a distance. I never even felt my arm move. Suddenly the pistol was in front of me. Bang! The pigeon leapt up and to the left. Bang! It jumped up again, this time speeding to the right. Bang! The clay pigeon shattered, minute particles spreading out in all directions and then being whisked away as the wind returned and the world resumed its normal pace. I restored the pistol to its holster and buttoned up my coat. The two of them were mute with disbelief as they stared, where moments ago the skeet had danced across the sky. Ladies, I believe you said something about breakfast. How many people am I? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had um, a bit of a duality going on there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I actually did have to lower um, your voice for Tinka a little bit just to make them a little more More distinct. distinct, Yeah. Um, But it's fun, though. It it is. It it, it turned out really good. You don't want to talk about the process of Tinka's voice. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was really fun. You know what else is fun? Hmm. Promos. Yeah, they are. We should do one. Okay. In the distant future, humanity entertains itself with countless hours of podcasts. But the Pottersphere is troubled. 
corporate networks, and true crime shows rule the iTunes rankings with an iron fist. The year is 2019. Our only hope, the Nostalgia Pilots. Welcome to Nostalgia Pilots, a podcast that for 100 years has fought the evils of outer space. I'm your host, Hugh. I'm Jared. And I'm Jason. And I'm Spence. Four podcasters fight back by watching and discussing classic giant robot anime. Hey, do we have any of those cancers left? You know, the underwater ones? Yeah. uh, yeah. Thanks, that's what we need in this episode. Drop a couple Saturn rockets to it. It'll be... (laughs) (laughs) Their first mission. Toonami mainstay mobile suit Gundam wing. Oh my god, you're describing the Spice Girls. See? (laughs) You get it! Suit up at NostalgiaPilots.com Alright, now that we have blessed our ears with that, I I feel blessed. I do too. I also feel graced. Yeah. We have graced our ears with that as well. Couldn't decide which one to say, so let's do both. Well, I did. we we, we mentioned blessings earlier, so let's just go with grace on this one. Okay. Now that we've graced our ears with that. There you go. Not grazed? No, but I could graze your ear. Not grated? I don't want to grate your ear. <laughs> My ears are great. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm feeling very critical right now, and I'm going to pass that on to you. Because okay. it's about time we criticized something or reviewed it, it ha- or something of the sort. It's It's been a while since we've done a food critic segment. And you read a lot. I do read a lot. And so why don't we do that? Yeah, let's do this. So... Um, this is actually not going to be on a book. Say what? What? <laughs> not what I meant. You know it, asshole. Yeah. 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 No, this is not going to be a food critic on a book. This is going to be a food critic on a trilogy. A trilogy? A trilogy of books? A trilogy of books. Okay. So not a you book. You had me a little concerned not, there. Not a book. Three books. It's like, what are you critiquing? Well, we've done What did I, I cook? We've done it. What on... was wrong with it? We've done food critics on, uh, like, audio dramas before, so. I'm paranoid now. Yeah. That's okay. This is, um, uh, I just recently finished listening to the Magister trilogy by C.S. Friedman. And this is, the, the titles of the individual books are, the first one is Feast of Souls, mm-hmm. and then Wings of Wrath. Raw. And then Legacy of Kings. Okay. Very, very. I don't want to say standard type fantasy names, but... Recognizable, this is a fantasy book. Yes, very much so. So this uh, trilogy is basically... I'm trying to think how to, how to pare it down and do, and do some... Semblance s- of brevity? Yes, and I, I, did, not, I did not prepare. <laughs> you do not have a prepare? I, I did not do a prepare. Um... So a thousand years ago, these creatures called soul eaters basically ravaged the earth. I don't remember that. I know. And it took pretty much like everybody on in the world banding together to barely manage to, to, to beat them and trap them in a cold climate because the sun basically heals them, okay. the soul eaters. So they... Banish them to frigid mountains, mm-hmm. and one basically kingdom of people, um, because of their sacrifices, were blessed by the gods to be able to keep them there. They were able to maintain what's called the wrath. 
Okay. Well, and since those thousand years, um, magic has basically appeared in the world. And you have two types of magicians. You have witches Mm -hmm. who, in order to cast any magic, are literally sapping their own life. You measure the, you know, the risk of casting a spell versus how many minutes, hours, days, weeks of your life you are going to lose. Mm -hmm. And then there are the magisters who are immortal and ageless. And that is suspicious. And all men. Now I am suspicious. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, this is, this, I don't want to say this is a spoiler because it's really not, it's revealed very early in the first book, Mm -hmm. but one of the things about the magisters is they go through something called transition where rather than sapping their own life forces, they get a consort. Their magic comes from somebody else. They never find out who, but Mm. basically they're spending other people's lives. And that's how it works. And that's how it works. So that's a big secret and conspiracy and everything. Yeah. Um, so what what happens, the, the kind of onset of this trilogy is the big, brutal conqueror king. Mm-hmm. His third son is like 17, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And gets these weak spells, dizzy spells, and just... I think I see where this is going. Yeah. And nobody can figure out why. So, you know, the king's like, I need a magister to find out what's going on. The magister's like... Uh-oh. It's, it's, it's called the wasting. La, 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 la. That's how they kind of passed it off. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of time till somebody tapped into Somebody him. important. And we find out that the person who has tapped into him, all well, again, unknowing... Is a woman. So the first female. The first female magister. Dun, dun, dun. And then as the series, as the trilogy goes on, the soul eaters are returning. Mm-hmm. The The wrath that's been holding them back is weakening. And we don't know we why. We need to get angry. Get and, angry. And just all kinds of stuff. Like um, the, the prince, his name's Andovan. Mm-hmm. Love his name. Um, his mother is one of the, from the line of guardians of the wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's sensitive to like uh, soul soul eater's presence, mm-hmm. and so that's just all all this ta- tapestry. Everything ties in Every- to something else. Yeah, C.S. Friedman tied everything together very very well throughout the entire trilogy. It's wonderfully done. So how about the characters? The characters are every every single one of them was very well fleshed out. It was mm-hmm. it was great. Our, our main characters throughout the entire trilogy are Kamala, mm-hmm. and she is the first female magister mm-hmm. who doesn't believe that. I mean, she could use magic very easily to change her appearance. Magisters do it all the time. They change their faces and names whenever they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she could very easily just turn herself into a man. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel like she needs to. She was born into you know poverty. Had to whore herself out as a young woman. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden she's got power. power, And she doesn't feel like she needs to hide. She's never hidden before. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel like being a woman should hold her back. But she's still having to, for political reasons, hide herself. Yeah. Because she doesn't know that she'll be accepted. Yeah. Um, our other main characters are Gwenifar. That's Andovan's mother. Um, and she is tiny. <laughs> So tiny. I'm, my guess is she's like maybe five foot. She, but she is fierce. You say that, and you're only a couple inches taller. Shut you. up. No, no. She, she is extremely fierce. We've got two very strong female characters in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Oh also, no, you use the phrase "strong yeah. female characters." Um, 
you also dies in white male. Yeah. You Sorry. also you <laughs> I had to. You I had to. Uh huh. You also have Andovan. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've got also his um older brother, uh I suddenly can't think of his name. Stephanie? No. Oh, um Salvatore. Mm-hmm. Um Salvatore is a priest. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Yeah. So he so he ends up having to set aside his priesthood um for to, to help become a leader for the people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's that puts him in a very precarious position because he his religion sees magisters as um corrupted. Yeah. There's no way around that. Their magic is corrupt, which is not so much. Because it's self sacrificing. Because it's self sacrificing. Yeah. Um and then you also have, you know, a, a lot of other characters. Those are just, so, you know, two big females and two big male characters. Um, and then the, one of the main magisters that you see is Kolovar. Mm-hmm. And he is cool. He's, <laughs> he's one of the oldest magisters. It's freaking amazing. Um, but, yeah, so the characters, everybody is very real. I don't, I mean, their their char- their personalities are very well defined. You can tell who is who, not necessarily even by speech patterns, but by their actions and everything. Yeah. And, but, and everybody has their very strong story arcs. No one really gets left aside. They okay. all grow somehow. It's, it's really well done. How about pacing? The pacing of this was really good. I, uh, I mean, right from the beginning, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. Um. I think and I remember you telling me about it when you'd started it. When I first started, yeah, it was it was pretty much right away that I was just drawn completely. And I had no idea what this was about. I just picked it up on an Audible sale, the mm-hmm. first book. I finished the first book and I went and bought two and three. Yeah. I had to go and listen to them. So they, that was really good. But the pacing, it's like I, I honestly don't feel like the second book in a trilogy curse happened. Really? The second book was really good. We actually met one of our um, – like the one of the big bads, not the main villain, but one of our big bads in in book two, and he, seeing his journey was 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 excellent as well. Because both of the main villains, you actually do see how they went through it. Okay, you, you see, see what, I like that. Yeah, you got a lot of backstory on them, and I, I like will say that. that our two main big bads, and I'm not going to tell you which is which, but man and woman. So we've, mm-hmm. so we've got a lot a, of each. we got a lot of balance in this, a, a lot, lot of diversity, very much so. Um, but just everybody's motives were very well defined and the things that they would do to achieve those motives was really, really great. Um, lots of great action, some very good, calmer moments, great conversation. C.S. Freeman is really good with dialogue. Nice. Yeah. So I really don't know that I can say anything bad about these books other than... Yeah, I was going to ask, okay, if you had to nitpick something, what would it be? If I had to nitpick something, um, it would probably be maybe a little... No, maybe not so much. I was gonna say I was gonna say maybe a little bit of repetition, but no. Um, maybe the only thing would be that there was some light info dumping. Okay, that wasn't terrible. I mean, I I never really sat there and like, oh god, another info dump. But you would get some some stuff. Start that's just to get like, a little restless, and then mm-hmm. just as you were getting annoyed, it would move on. Yeah, and not even really annoyed, just that you'd suddenly become aware. Oh, I'm just getting a lot of information right now. Mm. But then it's like, oh, okay, we're we're good. Um, that and I I had just thought of another one, and now I forgot it because you asked a question. I'm so sorry. Oh no, you're fine. Um, well, yeah, I know, but still, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, is um. It would seem like things kind of came out of nowhere sometimes. Okay. That would eventually get – that would get woven in. Get explained. There were a couple of POV characters that honestly I kind of felt like I could do without. 
and because they were very brief. They had like one little, it's like there's all the action over here. And then this one POV character who just comes out of nowhere. You see them like for a total of three chapters spread out over a book. And then you find out how what was happening to them tied into the main plot. But then you never saw that person again. Okay. That happened. I can I, see that. Being. That happened at least once. Yeah. I thought it was happening another time. And then I realized that that was actually one of the villains tying in. Okay. I was like, okay, that's where that came from. Now I get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that that would be the only real thing is maybe a couple of disposable POV characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what age group would you recommend this for? I would definitely say adult. Um, it's not super, super explicit. There are a few sex scenes, but they're not like, you know, tab A goes into slot B. It's, 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 <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty subdued, but you still, there's still it's stuff still there. going on. Yeah. Um, and some of the violence is pretty bad. There are situations of um, non-consensual situation ah, so trigger warning yeah trigger warning there are i wanted to say two situations of basically rape mm. um so that that does have so again trigger warning on that um but other than that these these are very very solid books and i would highly recommend so you say you would highly recommend mm-hmm. how many spoons i would say for each individual book, you're probably going to be either getting a four or a five. For the trilogy as a whole, I would I would give it like a like a four and a half to a five. It's 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 definitely up there. Like I said, there are a couple of little issues with it, but nothing too terrible. Um, but I mean, I wasn't like completely blown away by the series like yeah. I had been with some others. So I, I honestly marking it marking it, I would give it a five on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you don't have a half star option, exactly. I definitely would want to give it go ahead and bump that up because it's it's really really good read. All right, yeah. That so awesome. so go check out the Magister trilogy. That's Feast of Souls, Wings of Wrath, and Legacy of Kings by C. S. Friedman. Available on Audible, and the voice actress who does them is amazing. So go check those out. So remember earlier when we were talking about people sending us things and that we need them and people like to send us things and we are always asking for it? So we should talk about that now? Let's talk about Let's that Let's word now. that. Yeah. Send us stuff. Not time for that yet. Gotcha. Tell them how. Oh, okay. So we have this thing called the internet. And on the internet, you can go to these things called websites when you type in like the addresses for them. So if you go to www.themeltingpodcast.com and then go to the prompts tab, you can click on this little thing that says prompts. It will, it's really fancy. Yeah, it's really fancy. It will give you the current Stoke the Fire prompts that we have. That'll kind of get your juices flowing so you can create stories of 1,500 words or fewer. And then send them to us. Now, our current open prompts are prompt number 19. You have two left feet along with your right one. And prompt number 20. The forecast called for heavy snowstorms. But what's falling from the sky is not snow. Yeah, that's not snow. That's not snow. No. So anyone... It's powdered sugar. Oh, God. Well, write that. <laughs> so 1,500 words or fewer based on one of those prompts. Send them to us. We would absolutely love to have them. You can also write stories of 5,000 words or fewer based on any idea that you want. You can use one of our prompts if you like. Absolutely. Love that. No erotica, please. We do try to keep this at least semi-suitable for work. Mm-hmm. Now, once you're done on our website, which you should always have it open. I mean, I know. Why but, would anybody close that? But out? you can. But you can have more than one tab open on the internet. <gasps> the internet's a wonderful thing. It's fancy. So what you can do is you can go to iTunes, or Podbean, 
or I don't remember if we're on Stitcher Radio or not. I need to look into that. But anywhere that you can find our podcast and you can go and like there's these these little stars. And if you click on the fifth one, that'd be awesome. And then if you created multiple accounts and clicked on that, those five stars. Yes. That's with all the times. Yes. And then and leave us a total of 70 yeah. that way. And then there's usually a little block that says leave a review. If you could type some really nice words in there about us, that'd be uh, that'd be Like sugar really plum. Yeah. And kumquat. Yes. Powdered sugar. Yeah. Pineapple. Apparently I've got a sweet tooth right now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. So you can do that. Please leave us a review. It helps other people to find us. Let's people know that we even exist. Another way to do that that doesn't cost you anything, share us on social media. Talk about us. Do it on Reddit, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Oh, yeah. Facebook is a thing. (laughs) I would say Google Plus, but that's dead now. So don't do that there. Wow. Yeah. But uh, no, seriously, share us on Facebook. Not necessarily even share our post. Just talk about us. Tag us. Mm-hmm. You like this episode. You know, we have or a post for it. you sent us a story. Yeah. And we produced it. Link it. Yeah, absolutely. Share it so people can hear mm-hmm. your work, too. Yeah. They don't know that we exist if you guys don't talk about them. So I have been seeing some of our stuff getting shared lately, which has been wonderful. Yay! Thank you so much, guys. Please keep it up. Just... But like I said, let the world know that we're here. So many people have stories in them that they don't know how to get out. We're hoping to encourage them to do that. Yes. Now, if you want to do something that's not free, <laughs> you can go to www.patreon.com slash the melting podcast and you can help us out financially. For as little as $1 an episode. Or as much as $50 an episode if you're just rolling in the dough and got nowhere else to throw it. We'll, we'll take it off your hands, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the disaster kitchen. You give us dough, we'll make something with it. Yeah, like more episodes and Patreon backer episodes. More things that you get access to. Mm-hmm. And you also get, depending on your backer level, swag. Mm-hmm. Physical stuff that we send to you. Yep. Or, you know... Say you donate at, what, 20 bucks an episode? Mm-hmm. You can get an honorary title on our crew. Yeah, we're actually getting really close to having to dole one of those out. Yep. Yeah. Um, Spe- can... Speaking of, speaking of, super shout out to our Patreon backer, Spence. I think we've owed her this shout out for a while. Spence! I think you are like one or two months away from getting your title. So we will be announcing We'll be announcing that more than likely in June mm-hmm. because May is already booked. May is booked <laughs> up, yeah. guys. Yeah. So that's going to be coming up. Really excited about being able to do that. Yeah. That's going to be a big to-do. <gasps> to-do. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, I believe it's, tw- I think it's the 10, maybe it's just the, maybe it's the 20 and 50 mm-hmm. back, um, backer levels where you can get a personalized recorded message from us to you you get uh, a title you also get a say on what things we're going to be doing like for example for her twenty dollars an episode spence once a year gets to pick something for us to do for a mystery meal so the next one we'll be doing which will be i believe in july is actually going to be her pick (laughs) yeah so that one's going to be a lot of fun yeah um other things you could potentially do as a patreon backer pick a stoke the fire prompt That will be up for six months. Mm -hmm. Um, You can pick a book for me to read and review. Yep. Do a food. You can make us do stuff. Yeah, you could. You could control our lives in some slight degree. And you also everybody loves control. And you also get episodes early on those occasions, which are fairly frequent, where I can post a day, two, three early. And you also get access to our once a year 
Patreon backer only episode. Mm-hmm. And these have been some of my favorite ones that we've done. Yeah, this year is going to include a one of the short stories that I've written that I am the proudest of. Mm-hmm. Really proud of that short story. Um, as well as an interview with Dishboy Theo. <laughs> We're going to be getting to know him a little bit better. We usually... I, I think I already know him mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, well, you're kind of married to him. Nah, not at all. <laughs> um, as well as other stuff. We've played games with our Patreon backers yep. in those episodes. So we do all kinds of stuff. Uh, our Patreon feed also can potentially have like live videos. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to pop up on there. So you could do that. Or if you'd rather just have some really adorable stuff with our absolutely gorgeous faces on it, you could always go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash themeltingpodcast. Yeah. And buy an apron mm-hmm. or a mug mm-hmm. or a button mm-hmm. or a thing of some other variety yeah. that has the really, really cute artwork. Yeah, we've got – there's our logo, which is the three of us, you know, popping out of that big pot. <laughs> There's, I love that, I love that art so much, but there's also the individual artworks of each of us. There's me and my little chef's hat being all dignified, which I'm totally not. Nope. There's me grilling a book. Aaron grilling a book (laughs) and Theo fiercely washing dishes with the bubbles popping up that have words in them. They're just really, really cute art and I love them so much. Even if you don't buy anything, just go to the site and look because the art is so cute. It's really cute. And then even if you don't go buy something, go buy something. Now, then there's always the most important contribution that they can make. What's that? Listening. Yes. Continue to listen, Mm -hmm. continue to share, and send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us. The Melting Podcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff.